Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. What's up, guys? Hey, it's me, your host, Nick. It's October. Did you know that? It is October 5th. We are five days into October. I cannot believe we're almost to 2023. We're a couple weeks away from Gotham Knights, from Call of Duty. Like, God of War is is in a month or so. Um, I, I, it's crazy. Anyway, we have a lot to talk about, even though it's a spooky season. And uh, let's just get right into it, shall we? Um, So, PlayStation Stars, the new loyalty program from PlayStation, launched this month um, in the U.S. Uh, It is now available as of today. Um, It hasn't rolled out fully to Europe, Australia, or New Zealand yet. It is available in Asia as well. And there's some issues with it. Um, one of which being that you can buy better customer support with it, which not exactly a good thing. Um, and it's, it's, that's a little frustrating for a lot of people, for one. Um, definitely not a fan of being able to buy better customer support. Um, That should be available to everyone. You shouldn't have to pay for that. Uh, That was reported by Video Game Central. Um, And if you get to the fourth tier, that's where you get improved. Um, You can move up the tiers by buying games from PlayStation and earning trophies. Um, Essentially, that if you spend more money and play more games, you get better customer support. That's fucking ridiculous that's horrendous um you shouldn't be given priority for that that's i i at least that's in asia we don't know if that's going to be true here yet um but even still it's not a great look uh and then we've also learned that you earn 50 points for buying a 70 dollars game and to redeem a free game it costs Potentially up to 17,500 points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you have to buy, like, that's it, that's essentially if you buy 300 games worth. Um, that's a little interesting. Um, I don't, uh. I don't get that. I don't get the logic behind that at all. Suffice to say, I wonder how many people partake in it and how many people will actually use the service. And I wonder how many people will actually earn the points. Like, I spend... I don't even buy that much stuff at GameStop and I earn $50, like, coupons way more often. So, PlayStation needs to figure their shit out. Plus, I get way more points just from searching... Through Microsoft Rewards on on like my phone, I know you have to use Bing, but if you search 
anywhere in like an Xbox app or Microsoft app it counts. So I, <laughs> Xbox rewards are a, a tiny bit better. I'm just going to say that in terms of earning points. Um, have I redeemed them for a game yet? No. Have I redeemed them for contests? Yes. But realistically, they're not offering you free games with Microsoft rewards. They're offering you prizes for contests. And you don't necessarily earn points for buying shit. So it's a little bit different than how Sony is doing it. And the rate at which you earn points is better be faster than just buying games. Um, <laughs> Skyrim is coming to another console. Skyrim Anniversary was announced for the Switch. Um, so if you don't already have Skyrim in, in every form imaginable... Um, you can now get one, um, you can now get it on your Switch. I think again, because I think it's already been on the Switch. But, um, anyway. <laughs> uh, biggest news of the week for gaming was the announcement that Google is shutting down Stadia completely. Um, including its cloud gaming service, and didn't even tell developers, didn't tell players. Um, in a new blog from the company, they admitted that Stadia hasn't gained the amount of users they were hoping for. Um, they've decided to start winding down the service. Uh, Ubisoft, Activision, some other major publishers have announced that they are looking to... Um, essentially make it so you could move your saves over. Um, so save transfers. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Um, I guess they're working on it. I, Google's making it so they can unlock the controller so you can use it for other things. Uh, they essentially said, quote, We're grateful to the dedicated Stadia players that have been with us from the start. We'll be refunding all Stadia hardware purchases made through the Google Store and all game and add-on content purchases made through the Stadia store. Players will still be able to access their game library and play until January 18th. Stadia is Google's cloud gaming service where users are able to stream video games, including AAA titles like Assassin's Creed, Odyssey, and Cyberpunk 2077, directly through Google Cloud service, meaning there was no need to purchase physical hardware so as long as someone had access to Google Chrome. Um, oh, wait, no. Sorry. I read that wrong. The quote ended at through the Stadia store. I kept reading on more information. So yes, you'll be able to play until January 18th. So that means developers have some months to work on their save transfers. Um, AT&T used Stadia to offer some games. So I wonder how that partnership's going to work. Um, I, I guess some other companies are doing better with their cloud gaming initiatives. Uh, we also learned that they were offered a Death Stranding sequel, and they turned it down, which definitely would have more than likely brought more people in. Um, but unfortunately, if you have a Stadia, your, uh, your clock is ticking on how much longer you get to play it, which is a major, major death blow to Google and their gaming initiatives. Uh, last week we learned what PlayStation Plus's free games for October are. Uh, now we've learned that what the games with gold on X 
Xbox will be. For the month of October, uh, remember, no more Xbox 360 games after last month. Uh, so for the month of October, it will be Windbound, which is a pirate game, and Bomber Crew Deluxe, which is a um, World War II game. Uh, we've also learned that the Saudi Arabian government wants to buy um, a game publisher, which I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about governments owning companies in general, um, let alone a government that is deceitful, distrustful, doesn't treat people properly, um, they want to invest around $13 billion, um, and this is via Axios and the Saudi press agency. Um, they want to invest $37.8 billion in gaming in general. Um, and it has learned that, blank sa uh, quote, Savvy Games Group is one part of our ambitious strategy, aiming to make Saudi Arabia the ultimate global hub for the games and esports sector by 2030, uh, unquote said Crown Prince, His Royal Highness Prince Mohammed bin Salman bin Abdulaziz. Yes, that is MBS, the not exactly greatest person on the planet. Um, he said, quote, We are harnessing the untapped potential across the esports and game sector to diversify our economy, drive innovation in the sector, and further scale the entertainment and esports competition offerings across the kingdom, unquote. Well... MBS. Uh, last time I checked, if you're not Muslim or Arab, it is very hard to get into Saudi Arabia. Um, B, obviously they're positioning themselves for a post-oil world. Um, they already own, like I said, Savvy Games Group, and they want to buy more. Um, they already own ESL and Faceit, which are some of the biggest esports companies. Um, they bought a billion dollar share of the Embracer group, so they're, they're, they're looking into more. I just, they also own 5% of Nintendo. It owns stock in Activision Blizzard, which is going to get bought out from them. They own stock in Electronic Arts and Take-Two, but they should not outright own a publisher, if you ask me. Governments shouldn't own companies like that. Um, let me see. Uh, we've also learned that the compliance officer, chief compliance officer for Activision Blizzard has stepped down. Um, Frances Townsend. Uh, she was originally criticized, of course, um, for, um, how things were handled at Activision Blizzard in the wake of all the allegations. She's not leaving the company per se, though, as she will now be an advisor to the board and to CEO Bobby Kotick. Um, this is via Bloomberg. She stepped down prior to the Microsoft deal, which is expected to go through. Um, she was criticized by many employees of Activision Blizzard uh, following, all, the, like I said, all the allegations. Um... She called the allegations distorted and false, quote-unquote. So essentially that's why they're not happy with her. She uh, didn't believe them. Obviously standing up for the board, for Bobby, things like that. Um, it's interesting to see more and more people 
um, leaving Activision Blizzard as we get closer and closer to the deal potentially closing. Um, her role will now be filled by Jen Brewer, the Senior Vice President of Ethics and Compliance, um, along with Lucy Altman, who is the Senior Vice President of Corporate Governance. Um, Townsend used to be a counterterrorism advisor to President Bush um, and a general counsel for McAndrews and Forbes. Interesting career. I don't know how you go from counterterrorism advisor to compliance officer. Um, following my uh, not exactly liking of a Sa the Saudi government owning a game publisher, uh, I don't think Tencent should either because Tencent is essentially... Look, they're they're technically an arm of the Chinese government, right? Um, I, I don't think they're a wholly... I don't think they're completely uh, a, their own government or their own company. Um, I know they're headquartered in Shenzhen. Um, technically, they're the largest video game company in the world already. Um, but... Like I said, I know they're public, but let, let's be honest. And yes, they're a conglomerate, but when you're a Chinese conglomerate, you know, you have too many ties to the Chinese government. Like, it, that's just a reality. Even if they are majority owned by a South African company, um, let's talk about all the video game companies they already own. Funcom. Um, Layu, which is Athlon Games, Digital Extreme, Splash Damage, Riot Games, Sumo Group, Turtle Rock Studios, um, Valhalla Games Studios, Inflexion Games, Fulcrum Games, um, Supercell, they own a majority in, Grinding Gear Games, they own 40% of Epic Games, um, they own a, a portion of Don't Nod, they own a portion of Bloober Team, they own a portion of Marvelous. From Software, they own a percentage in. Like, they own Frontier Developments, um, Ubisoft, Paradox, um, Mini, Mini Clip. Holy shit. Um, a lot of video games. They own a portion of Discord, of Roblox, of Platinum Games. They own a good portion of video games, but they censor a lot of things, and they own WeChat, and they do a lot of shady shit because they work closely with the Chinese government, and that's why they shouldn't own... Um, they shouldn't be focusing on majority stakes. That's what they're going to focus. Um, they're going to, according to Reuters... Uh, they are going to aggressively seek to own um, majority stakes in overseas gaming companies. Um, that's wild. They used to go for minority stakes uh, and maybe even controlling stakes. Um, mostly in Europe. They, Like I said, they are the world's number one gaming firm by revenue. Um, they want to get into the metaverse. And they want to become Ubisoft's biggest shareholder, which, again, no. And I don't think Ube, uh, Eves is going to allow that either. Um, 
consolidation. Here it is. It was coming. We all warned against it, and more and more, the fear and possibility of it rears its ugly head. Um, we've also heard rumors that Sony is working on a remaster of Horizon Zero Dawn, which... The game is not that old. Why does it need to be remastered? Just like why did they remaster... Why did they remake um, The Last of Us again? Like, we don't need a remaster of Horizon Zero Dawn, nor an alleged multiplayer game. No, we don't. Like, these are newer games. Can't they just go in and... uh, Like, why, why does it need a remaster to be packaged and sold again? Everyone complains that Xbox doesn't have games, yet Sony keeps remastering games we've already played that have been out recently. I can understand if it was a 20-year-old game. I don't even think it's 10 years old. The first game came out in, like, 2017. I don't need a remaster of a game. It came out in 2017. I don't need a remaster of a game that's five years old. I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. Ten years it should be the limit on remasters. Five years? Five years ago. That's ridiculous. And the, the second one just came out. Don't release a remaster. Put the game out and up the fidelity. Up the, the frames per second. That's not a remaster. Holy shit. And you say Xbox has no games. It doesn't make any sense. And I love Horizon Zero Dawn. I think that game is amazing i've said numerous times that's why i bought my playstation 4 but a remaster so soon it doesn't make any sense it really doesn't i don't get it and 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 it it literally does not make any sense it's literally on pc it's only been on pc a year and they want to remaster it i i don't get it speaking of which you can now jailbreak your PS5. Um, and people are loading PT on it. Uh, PlayStation modder Spectre Day found that he was able to jailbreak it um, via an experimental IPv6 kernel. Um, it relies on a WebKit vulnerability. It's v- That's the entry point. Um, but it only works on PS5's 4.03 or lower firmware. Um, it only works around 30% of the time, so don't risk it if you can't get a new one. Um, I wonder, I guess they're just putting PT on it, which that's kind of a waste of a jailbreak if you ask me. Uh, we've also learned that Sony, uh, because of the global supply crisis, they are prepping 2 million PSVR 2s. Uh, to be available at launch. So 2 million units will be available at launch um, if you are planning on getting a PSVR 2. Uh, you probably want to get on the pre-order list as soon as it becomes available. Also be on the lookout tomorrow. Nintendo will be hosting multiple directs, uh, one of which will be to show off the trailer for the Mario movie, which they did release a poster for, and it looks gorgeous. Uh, But we are all cautiously waiting to hear Chris Pratt as the voice of Mario. Uh, There will also be a new trailer for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet tomorrow as well. Um, 
Did you guys know that when a player has, uh, when a, a professional sports player has tattoos, um, and they get represented in a video game, technically their tattoos cannot be shown, because technically tattoos belong to the tattoo artist, and uh, this was proven once again uh, in a case where a tattoo artist has won a court case against 2K. Um, he is the tattoo designer of Randy Orton's tattoos, won a lawsuit against Take-Two Interactive. Um, oh, she did, sorry. Whoops. Uh, via Reuters, again, Catherine Alexander received $3,700 in damages after her designs were used in WWE 2K16, 17, and 18 without her permission. So yes, they must get the permission of the artist. Um, WWE and Take-Two had claimed the artwork was re recreated in fair use. A jury, however, voted in favor of Alexander. Um, he is a... Randy Orton is a playable character, so that means his likeness is in the game, including that art of Alexander. Um... It will set an interesting precedent, of course, uh, reports IGN, because who knows how many other tattoo artists now may seek retribution. And I wonder what this means. Uh, while the athletes have consent, can give consent for their likeness, um, it needs extra permission for their tattoo work. Um, interesting. I wonder if they'll go after NBA and stuff for NBA players, not just uh, not just them. Uh, if you want to learn more about the Xbox buyout of Activision Blizzard, there's a new website that gives a lot of information to that. Uh, you can go on there and it pretty much answers every question. Some people think they're lame for doing it. Other people are like, well, this is what Sony wanted. So it's up to you. Uh, Sony has also said that it would be possible one day to see movies or TV shows based on their From Software games and From Software partnership. Um, speaking of which, games that people want to have a remaster of, people are screaming now for a Bloodborne remake, remaster, uh, now that Horizon Zero Dawn is getting one. Uh, the Medium... From team, Bloober Team is getting a TV show uh, based on its, its... I guess that's a horror game that came out was it earlier this year. Um, got a couple of things. Another story about Activision Blizzard today. They are now in trouble with the U.S. Labor Board for allegedly withholding raises over unionization threats. Uh, the U.S. government's National Labor Relations Board has found them guilty. Um... And this is in regards to Raven Software employees. Activision Blizzard disputed it. Um, and this is via, via the Washington Post. The NLRB's findings will likely fall in favor of Raven employees. Uh, saying, quote, it was a very preliminary win for the union at this point. It gives them a little bit of leverage. Uh, it's part of their tactics, you know. Hit them wherever they can to put pressure on the company in order to reach an agreement with them and to stop violating the law, quote unquote. Uh, and that was from former chairman of the NLRB, Wilma Liebman. Um, and it says, uh, this is also in due to the part that Activision Blizzard announced that unionized employees would not be receiving a pay raise 
that was given to 1,100 other QA workers in July. Um, I think it has to do with unionization stuff. I don't know, but I think all employees should get a raise across the board regardless if they're in a union or not. Uh, we've also learned that CD Projekt Red is not working on one, not two, but three new Witcher games. Uh, technically, one of which is being worked on by an external studio. Uh, one of them being The Witcher 4, which they said is at least three years away. A new IP, as well as early development on a Cyberpunk 2077 sequel. CD Projekt Red is definitely being some busy bees over there. Um, Herman Holst, who is the president of PlayStation Studios, uh, was being interviewed um, by several media outlets, was speaking about the future of PlayStation, um, and essentially, you know, talking about Bungie, what the future will hold for other studios, for other IPs. And he said, quote, I've been a longtime admirer of Bungie. Uh, they speak our language, and so they've been doing this for a decade since the original release of Destiny. So the battle scars that they have earned, coupled with their absolute transparency, means I can't think of a better partner to have in that space, quote-unquote. That's what he told GQ. Um, he told Axios that PlayStation has 12 projects in the live ops space that are currently greenlit and being worked on. Um which also goes hand-in-hand hand with what Sony CFO Hiroki Totoki said in February, because um, they want to launch at least 10 live service games by March of 26. Um, interesting, it will be new IPs, it will be established franchises. Um, Holst also told GQ they have about 25 different titles in, in active development. Um, half of them are new IP, interesting. They do want to bring some of their existing franchises into live service games. That doesn't always work out, as in as we're watching now it play out with with X, uh, Halo on on Xbox. Um, they're all going to be single. I don't know if they're going to be single player or multiplayer. Obviously, some of their biggest games recent recent game releases have all been single player, no multiplayer at all. Um, or they come after launch. So we'll, we'll see what happens, uh, especially now with God of War Ragnarok on the horizon, Spider-Man 2 on the horizon, and PSVR 2 not far out. Um, they also said that um, with Axios, he was speaking that they may bring more PS4 games to PC, and they may look at potentially having games launch day and date on PC, but those would be their live service games. It wouldn't be everything, um, which kind of defeats the purpose of that, um, if you ask me. <laughs> um, just do them both, right? Like, I guess you want to do live service so you don't segment the, the player base, but I, I don't know. I do not know. Um, today we learned that Final Fantasy and Assassin's Creed will both get Magic the Gathering tie-ins. Uh, no other information was released, such as release date, what the cards look like, uh, just that they will be available in the near future. 
Um, and then PlayStation 5 finally gets 4K HDR support on PS5. Um, why this is coming two years after launch is beyond me. Um, this is via The Verge. Um, the, the original version of the app was a PS4 app that was emulating on the new console. So it means they were capped at 1080p. Oh my god. Oh my god. That is not good. Um, <laughs> 1080p on a 4K console. On an app that has 4K. I'm not even going into that. Uh, our final bit of gaming news today is what's happening with Overwatch 2. Overwatch 2 launched this past week. It is a free-to-play game. However, it is being... uh, It is suffering from a DDoS attack, a dedicated denial of service, so people are having trouble playing. There is a phone number issue where apparently you have to put in your phone number. So people are, are not exactly happy. Um... uh, There's an SMS protect policy, so you have to connect a phone number to your Battle.net account, regardless if you're playing on PC or console, Um, and apparently if you have a prepaid phone plan, it doesn't work, but I don't understand. It's apparently it's it's a solution to combat, quote, both cheating and disruptive behavior, unquote. I don't know what giving a phone number does. Uh, It says, quote, starting October 4th, all players across all platforms, including consoles, are required to have a phone number attached to their Battle.net account to launch Overwatch 2. The same phone number cannot be used on multiple accounts at the same time. And players can't use the same phone number to create multiple accounts. A phone number can only be used once when making a new account, and certain types of numbers, including prepaid and VOIP, cannot be used for SMS protect, quote unquote. Um... Is it two-factor authentication then? VIOP is voice over the internet phone. Um, I I don't I still don't understand what this SMS pr- protect is. Um, I I don't get it, and the fact that it doesn't work for prepaid phone. A lot of people around the world have prepaid phone plans. Um, you can't go back to the original game either, as those servers have been shut down. Um, Essentially, you can do a free update to Overwatch 2. That's wild to me. You can't play the game because of a DDoS attack. Can't play the game because you got to give a phone number. You got to wait because everybody's trying to play it. Just just everything at once, apparently. Everything at once. That's wild to me. That that's it for gaming today. Um, Like I said, a lot going on. Um, Let's see what's going on in the TV world. Uh, we've learned that Marvel, the MCU Armor Wars show, which was going to star John, Don Cheadle and was expected to come to Disney Plus in the next year or so, uh, is being reworked into a movie. Um, via sources, it, it looks like they would rather turn it into a movie. It wasn't working as a series. Honestly, that is probably better off for it. Um, I love Don Cheadle. I think he's a great actor, and I think having it in the theater can ultimately help it. Uh, We also learned this week that Trevor Noah will be departing The Daily Show uh, soon. 
He didn't give an exact date or when it would happen, but after seven years of hosting, uh, after taking over from Jon Stewart, he will be stepping down as host, essentially indicating that he, I think he wants to get back into active stand-up um, and not exactly sitting behind a desk night after night. Um, and uh, we're circling back to Magic the Gathering. Two Magic the Gathering stories today. Uh, G1 Transformers, Gen 1 Transformers, however you want to call it, will be getting a new line of Magic the Gathering cards, uh, and they will feature a new style of play, and they will be double-sided cards, one side featuring automotive mode, one side featuring their robot mode. Uh, those will expect it to be launched later this year. Um, Community, one of my all-time favorite shows, Always said it would have six seasons and a movie. Well, folks, I'm happy to report we're finally getting our movie. It looks like all of the original cast will be returning for the film, with the exception of Chevy Chase. That includes Yvette Nicole Brown and Donald Glover. Um, Jim Rash will be returning. Ken Jong will be returning. Uh, no word yet, though, on if John Oliver will be returning to... Uh, reprise his role from the show. Uh, Frasier is officially getting a sequel series over at Paramount+. Plus. Uh, as of right now, the only confirmed return is of um, Kelsey Grammer as Frasier Crane. No word yet on uh, some of the other cast members from the original show, or if any Cheers members will show up, as Frasier was a spinoff of Cheers. I would love to have Ted Danson in that show. Uh, <laughs> um, and that's coming to Paramount Plus next year. Uh, Rings of Power has started production on season two in England. I don't know why they're not staying in New Zealand. Um, the Dune prequel is moving forward at HBO as they've cast their uh, two stars in Emily Watson and Shirley Henderson. Uh, they will play uh, two... Harkonnen, Harkonnen sisters, 10,000 years before the film. Um, and then, uh, speaking of HBO, we've learned that HBO and Netflix both pitched different Lord of the Rings ideas to the Tolkien estate before the Tolkien estate ultimately gave the, um, the rights, well, limited rights, to Amazon to make Rings of Power. Uh, we've learned uh, via The Hollywood Reporter that HBO had pitched a complete remake of The Lord of the Rings and the Tolkien estate was like, no, why? That would have been stupid and everyone would have hated... I think people would have hated that more than The Rings of Power, to be honest. And then Netflix pitched several different shows, including an Aragorn show and a Gandalf show. Uh, and... Per The Hollywood Reporter, it was quoted as being called a Marvel approach, and it freaked out the Tolkien estate, <laughs> which is really funny. Um, I just, uh, I think it's funny that this they decided on Rings of Power, which I am enjoying very much. Um, apparently the Russo brothers wanted to make something, um... There was, was the Aragorn story. Um, Anthony McCartan, who a Shakespearean take on Middle-earth, brought an option. Um, 
but ultimately the showrunners of Rings of Power are the ones who got the contract, got the gig, essentially, which I'm okay with. Um, that's kind of it for TV show news this week. I do want to talk about some episodes or reviews of episodes. Uh, Rings of Power, we finally get the birth of Mordor in last week's episode. And I am, the visualization was amazing. Um, we'll see though how the Southlanders survive, uh, what happens to Galadriel. Uh, it looks like Adar was released. Um, and... We'll see if the Numenorians are affected at all as they made it to Mordor. And uh, it looked like all the heroes had won, but the eruption of Mount Doom says otherwise. Uh, House of the Dragon finally, finally ups the stakes and essentially begins the, the Dance of Dragons, the War of Dragons, the, the war between the Greens and the Blacks um, with the sun of Viserys and and Alicent essentially stealing uh, Vagar, the largest and oldest dragon, from uh, Daemon and Lena's daughters. Uh, and then, of course, Rhaenyra's son stepping up to fight and taking the eye of, of one of Alicent's children, uh, then forcing Alicent's hand and essentially wounding... Rhaenyra, um, and then of course Rhaenyra and Damon wed. So we'll see what happens. There's only a few episodes left. Uh, clearly, most of the the war between the the Targaryen family uh, will take place in seasons two and three. It looks like, um, similar to how the war, uh, the Battle of the Five or the War of the Five Kings in Westeros and Game of Thrones, was spread out over several seasons as well. And then Andor dropped its episode 5 today. Um, it's feeling more and more like an HBO drama, and I love that, actually. It is so... Uh, it continues to be very different from other Star Wars Disney Plus shows, very different from other Star Wars projects, and, and I am totally, totally on, on board with that. Like, I am... Fully okay with that um, because it's it's a good show. It's well written. It's telling an interesting story. We learned today that um, it essentially takes place at the same time as the first season of Star Wars Rebels. Um, so we we love it, loving it. I am loving it. I don't know what I said. We um, there's only one of us here at Nixner News. No, but Andor is great. I'm loving it. I cannot wait to see where the rest of the season goes. 12 episodes. Um, anyway, let's talk about movies. So, last week we reported that the director of Blade had stepped away, and now we're learning that Mahershala may have issues uh, with the process of making Blade. Um, allegedly, he's very frustrated uh, Jeff Snyder, who is a industry insider, um, was told that the Blade script is only 90 pages and only features two action sequences, um, and Mahershala wanted more. That's also why the director may have potentially left. The director didn't want more action sequences. Um, this is an exact tweet from Snyder. It says, quote, 
I'm told the current Blade script is roughly 90 pages and features exactly two lackluster action sequences. Mahershala said to be very frustrated with the process. Feige said to be spread too thin. But hey, that's just what sources are telling me. Don't shoot the messenger, unquote. Ah, looks like Feige is is letting a little too much get made at the same time. Um, essentially, each page translates to about a minute of film time. If if you weren't aware, that's 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 normal for for movies. Um, there's other reports of people being brought on to beef up the script. Um, I guess. The Feige being spread too thin. It's because there's currently 14 films and shows in development. That's 30 projects that he's the executive producer on. Um, that's a lot. But let's hopefully hope that Blade doesn't get caught in the crossfire. Uh, and there's rumors swirling that Sam Raimi may take over to direct. But that is yet to be confirmed. So let's just hold our horses on, on that. I think he'd be a perfect director for it, though. Uh, we've learned that there is going to be a new Planet of the Apes film. It will be it will star Freya Allen, who is, of course, famous for playing Siri in the Witcher television series, uh, and it will be called Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, and it is due out in I think next year as production begins. Uh, American Pie will also be getting a reboot. Um, this movie will. Uh, apparently they want to start fresh. Uh, this is coming from writer Sujata Day, who is also a comedian. Um, and this is via The Hollywood Reporter. It will be uh, from Day's new pitch. Uh, she's an actor, screenwriter. Uh, she was in this, uh, one of the co-stars on Insecure. Um, and... Oh, wow, the last movie was American Reunion, which was quite a while ago. Obviously, a lot of things in that movie would not be able to get made today. Um, no word on a director, but Sujata made her directorial debut in 2020. Um, oh, it's been 10 years. Holy shit. Um, we'll see, though, if this gets greenlit and moves forward, and if it will be a reboot, if they'll bring the original cast back or not. Um, we've also learned that Ruben Fleischer will, uh, has a new project in the works and will be working with both Jesse Eisenberg and, uh, Woody Harrelson yet again. Uh, this time he will be directing Now You See Me 3, which I'm stoked about. I actually like those movies. Um, the Magician Heist films. It's a, it's a cool concept on the heist movie and I dig it a lot. Um... We've also learned that Beverly Hills Cop 4 will see the return of most of the cast, uh, including Judge Reinhold, um, uh, Paul Reiser, John Ashton will be returning. No word, though, uh, Bronson Pinochet, <laughs> of all people, um, and they'll be joined by Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Kevin Bacon, of all people. Um, Eddie Murphy is producing, along with Jerry Bruckheimer, the original producer as well, um, but... What I don't understand is how they're not getting Ronnie Cox back. Um, last time I checked, I don't think his character died. I know he's 84. Um, but I think he should be in 
you know, I, I think he should be in this movie, if you ask me. Um, oh, I, gotta, I didn't realize he was in a movie last year. Um, he still acts, so I think he was in, was he in the second one? Um, Star Trek, they could bring him back for Star Trek too. Now, now I'm mumbling to myself. Oh, yeah, he was in, he was in Beverly Hills Cop too. Um, I think they should bring him back, um, for it. I don't know about you guys, but if anyone should come back, it should be him too. While they're at it, they should bring back Hector Elizondo as well, who was in Beverly Hills Cop 3, even though a lot of people didn't like Beverly Hills Cop 3. Um, anyway, Beverly Hills Cop 4, we'll see, will be released on Netflix, I think, next year. Um, Werewolf by Night, the new MCU, like, horror movie that's on Disney Plus that was directed by Michael Giacchino, of all people, is set to have major implications on the MCU, according to um, Kevin Feige. Uh, it features a lot of monsters and, like, magic. Um, it is a old-school horror movie. It looks like an old B-movie, B-horror movie. Um, Kevin Feige said uh, in a behind-the-scenes featurette that was given to IGN. He said, quote, We wanted to explore entirely new characters and entirely new sides of the MCU with this unusual, fun, and frightening spin on the supernatural. Um, quote, unquote. It also features um, Man-Thing, which is like Marvel's version of Swamp Thing. Um, so the MCU is being constantly expanded. Um... Colin Trevorrow thinks that Jurassic Park should have ended with Jurassic Park and not gotten so many sequels, which is funny because he's directed two of the sequels. Um, and now we're learning that there's the possibility of more coming. And he said that uh, Dominion shouldn't have been called the final one because that's not what he planned and that was what marketing did. Um, he was speaking with Empire Magazine and he called it inherently unfranchisable, which... If you have dinosaurs, I don't understand how you could call it unfranchisable. Um, he said, quote, For the franchise to be able to move forward, because it's inherently unfranchisable, there probably should have only been one Jurassic Park. But if we're going to do it, how can I allow them to tell stories in a world in which dinosaurs exist? As opposed to, here's another reason, why we're going to an island. Uh, quote, unquote. <laughs> That's stupid. Because, A... Um, Michael Crichton wrote a second book. B, uh, Jurassic Park 2 is a great movie, or The Lost World Jurassic Park, excuse me. Um, Jurassic World is great. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is great. Jurassic World Dominion is okay. And Jurassic Park 3 is whatever. I don't hate it, but unfranchisable. Get out of here, Colin. I disagree wholeheartedly. Um, Christian Bale's been very candid lately. A um, couple of news stories about him. He was talking to The Hollywood Reporter, talking about how um, he wants to play a stormtrooper. He said, quote, All I ever wanted in Star Wars to be was to be in a Star Wars outfit and hit my head on a door or something as I walked through. 
The real nerds who watch Star Wars way too many times always knew about that one scene where the stormtrooper hits his head on the door as he comes through. I wanted to be that guy. That was it. Unquote. Honestly, my opinion of Christian Bale just went up about a billion times. Um, and um, let me see. He says he might be able to get in. He also said, but look, if I'm fortunate enough to be more than, than that, oh man, yeah. What a delight that would be. I've still got the figures from when I was little. I also know Kathy Kennedy very well because she was working with Spielberg when I did Empire of the Sun. And now she runs the Star Wars universe, quote unquote. So, hey, Kathy, let's, uh, let's get Christian Bale in Star Wars somewhere. Shall we? Please. Thank you. Um, and then he was talking to GQ about his role as Gore the God Butcher in Lo Thor Love and Thunder. And he said, quote, that's the first time I've done that. I mean, the definition of it is monotony. You've got good people. You've got other actors who are far more experienced at it than me. Can you differentiate one day from the next? No, absolutely not. You have no idea what to do, unquote. Um, and that was talking about playing in a Marvel movie with a green screen. Um, and I, I, I just, uh, it makes sense, right? Because it, it, they, they're all starting to look the same. They don't look, they're starting to not look good anymore. The CGI quality is dipping. Um, he also went on to say, quote, I couldn't even di differentiate one stage from the next. They kept saying, you're on stage three. Well, it's like, which one is that? The blue one? They're like, yeah, but you're on stage seven. Which one is that? The blue one. I was like, uh, where? Quote, unquote. So... Yes, Marvel movies, especially the Thor films, I think rely a little too heavily on CG. Um, don't get me wrong, the DC films have been doing that as well lately. Um, and and Star Wars has too. And that's, that's another reason why Andor, I think, is very refreshing. Uh, because it is on site. It is on location. It, it's not in the volume. Um, sometimes it works and sometimes it just, it just doesn't. And like I said, Marvel movies are starting to look not good and i think that also has to do with the fact that they have 30 fucking projects going at once and i think they need to slow down because i i think we're going to hit franchise fatigue a lot sooner than expected and i think the reaction to thor love and thunder is the first signs of that but we'll see we will see speaking of the marvel universe cinematic universe we got a new trailer for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, uh, we get to learn a little bit more about the um, the people of, uh, of Namor and the Atlanteans. I don't think they're being called Atlanteans, though. Namor gets to fly, so that is coming over from the comics with his, his winged ankles. Um, some people think Ulysses Claw is back. I don't know about that. We got to see more of the female Black Panther, which... I'm pretty sure it's Shuri at this point. Um, it looks good. We're only about a month and a half away from release. Um, but check out that new trailer. It's online now. Um, James Bond producers say they want a older James Bond. At least someone in their 30s because he is supposed to be a veteran. He's supposed to have fought in wars. 
Um, that makes sense. You don't want someone who's in their early 20s because that wouldn't make sense. Um, Barry Keegan says that if they call for Batman, the Batman 2, he's ready and waiting <laughs> to play the Joker. Please don't. Um, Michael Waldron, the writer of Loki, uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, former writer of Rick and Morty, will write Marvel's Avengers Secret Wars film, which if anyone is set up, pre-set up for that, it's him. Um, Sony has found a director and a writer for its Spider-Man spinoff, El Muerto, uh, which is about a super, uh, a superhero luchador, uh, and it will star Bad Bunny, um, this is via the rap, it will be directed by Jonas Cuaron, um, he is most famous for directing Desierto, um, and Blue Beetle writer Gareth Dunnett Alcocer is currently writing the script. It's in early development. Like I said, it will star Bad Bunny, also known as Benito Antonio Martinez Ocasio, um, he, as the superpowered Mexican masked wrestler. Um, El Muerto, known as Juan Carlos Estrada Sanchez, is son of a luchador who has, I guess, mystical, magical wrestling powers. Um, first appeared in the Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man number six in 2006. Um, I guess they started off as antagonists. Not a villain, but as antagonists. Uh, Sony just keeps growing, growing, growing their Spider-Man offerings. You're going to kill it. It's going to kill it. Um, and then... Today, we learned that the Spawn movie has found its writers. It's still starring Jamie Foxx. Um, and uh, Scott Silver, who wrote Joker. Malcolm Spellman, who wrote for The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And is writing Captain America New World Order. And Matthew Mixon, who wrote Yesterday Was Everything, will write the screenplay for the reboot of Spawn. This was announced by Todd McFarlane, the character's creator. Um... Brian Tucker will be directing. Um, this movie's been in the works since 2009, apparently. Um, they're going to be writing, rewriting Tucker's draft. McFarlane is directing. Sorry, McFarlane is directing. Um, will produce alongside Bloomhouse Productions, Jason Bloom. And uh, like I said, Jamie Foxx is still set to star. Uh, that is it for movie news today. Um, before we go, though, I wanted to talk about that something special that I teased uh, last week, and that is I got to go see Clerks 3 this past weekend with a live Q&A with Kevin Smith. Yes, the director himself um, of Clerks 3. Uh, it is part of their convenience tour where they show the film to an audience of people who actually want to be there, uh, followed by a Q&A session by Kevin Smith. Um very interesting to get into the mind of Kevin Smith in person. The man can talk forever. Unfortunately, I didn't get to stay for the entire Q&A because I had to uh, go home and go to bed for work. Um, but it, it was great. Um, honestly, the first person didn't even get to really ask their question. He was talking more about the setup to their, <laughs> to their question uh, than the question itself. But the movie was amazing. 
Um, it is a perfect ending to Clerks. It's not the end of the Viewisk universe. Uh, it is the ending to Clerks. Um, and it, it, the vibe alone was what made it so great. Um, it was, it was like the people clapping and cheering and laughing for the, for the show, um, was great. We learned that it was the first time they showed the movie with subtitles because there was a deaf audience member. Um, and Kevin Smith said that jokes that hadn't landed in earlier screenings because maybe people didn't hear them because they were laughing from a previous one landed. Um, and he got the joy of hearing people laugh at, at actual good jokes that, that might've been missed in previous screenings. Um, he talked about his thought process for writing this movie and how it really was inspired by, by his heart attack, um, about what dri drove him to write it in the way it's written. The, 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 the stories for everyone involved make sense. They're, they're, um, it was, it was poignant and, and relevant. It, it just, it worked in a way I didn't expect it to work. Yes, Kevin Smith has kind of been all over the place in terms of quality. Um, but Clerks 3, honestly, is, is, in my opinion, his best movie so far. Um, I think it's better than the original Clerks. Clerks 2 I like, but not to the same degree I like the original, to the same degree that I like Jane Silent Bob, things like that. Uh, Jane Silent Bob reboot last year was really good. I do like Mallrats. But, but Clerks 3... It, it's funny, it's heartwarming, it's it's gut-wrenching uh, in terms of, like, sadness and making you think and love and loss and just seeing a lot of the original actors from the original film come back was great. Um, it, it It's funny because it's very meta, because it's almost like a, a remake of the original, um to a degree, I mean, you have to watch it to understand what, what I mean by that. Um, but it, it, like, if you get an opportunity to see Clerks 3, do it. Um, I, I know it's being shown with Fathom events right now. You may have to wait till it's on streaming or, or Blu-ray. Uh, but honestly, my favorite movie of the year right now. I, I'm not kidding. Clerks 3 is my favorite movie of the year right now. Um... But that's it for Nixner News. Thank you guys for listening week in, week out. That is episode 230. Um, I appreciate you guys for listening week in, week out. As always, check out nixnerdnews.com where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Uh, or you can find links to our Spotify page, our Google Podcast page, our Apple Podcast page. Um, we're on Audible, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. We're on all the major platforms. You guys can take us with you on the go. Uh, we have a Discord now. Make sure to check us out so that you guys can join the server, interact with other fans. Um, and also, don't forget to follow us on social media. Just search for Nixner News on your preferred social media platform of choice. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I will catch you guys next week and on the flip side.